and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast Bonus Pod. That's right, we got an extra episode today because after that fantastic pod we literally just recorded, we decided we we're going to order pizza. And what better way to wait to order pizza than to do an extra bonus podcast, particularly when we completely forgot to, to cover uh, just like Bat Dick. We completely forgot a segment that we yeah. were excited to cover. You went to a Nine Inch Nails concert and happened upon a random Ian with Ian segment. <laughs> we should have a jingle for that, shouldn't we? Oh, we're putting the jingle in, 100%. Yeah, yeah. when there's a bonus pod, it's like sound effects galore. <laughs> That's just how I go with it. <laughs> it's all about sound effects. So yeah. if you think of a sound effect, we, we can put in it just... just onomatopoeia that shit and we'll put it in mm-hmm. hell yeah so tell me about this you were at the Nine Inch Nails concert how was the Nine Inch Nails concert was it good it was fantastic it was a good concert good concert uh, Trent Reznor Trent Reznor can't ask for more he was uh, it was a good set it was mostly older stuff he played like three new songs that's gotta be good when you go to a set of an established artist and they're they're, they're playing their older songs. They're yeah. playing the songs that got them there. They're like you know what, we realize that our new stuff's not as as good as the old stuff. So here you go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, and has Nine Inch Nails put out new material lately? They have. Oh, have they? It's uh, not up to par. Sure. But I mean, it's for big fans. Yeah, but I mean, they played a lot of like the classic shit that they don't play live like they did uh perfect drug okay and he like hasn't played that because he does he have like a personal thing with he it? he hated himself when he wrote it and so it reminded him of this horrible self and he he wouldn't do it for like 15 20 years <laughs> as a therapist do you point to this as being like oh trent has done some self yeah evaluation it's like a it's like an exposure it's like a, a self-acceptance thing he seemed he seemed like he was in a good place. That's good. That's yeah. Like what? Like just like was his banter like happy? He was like a happy guy. He was like interacting with the audience. Somebody had like a big. Uh, they printed out. I don't know if it was like a, a poster or like a vinyl kind of thing, of like. 80s Trent with his hair and all that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a cardboard cutout of Trent <laughs> holding him up. And he was like, oh, I love this. And he like, put, he was like, where should I put it? Should I put it up on the, the, uh, the drummer kit? And... Oh, so he put it up on stage with yeah. them? And he played with that? Yeah. How long, was the, how long was the set with that on? Was it like halfway through? I mean, he, halfway through? He didn't have like a proper way to hang it, but he, he kept it. He, I think he did like an Instagram post with it, too. Okay. So it was like... Gotta love social media yeah. while concerting. You don't see that so often these days. People do the social media afterwards. I hate it when like they do the crowd shot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, stop using me. <laughs> You're using me in my attendance right now. But, you know, like a good social media post like that, where yeah. it's like, oh, this person made something for me. Uh, they made it's something like to be appreciated. Crowd, yeah. yeah, that's a lot different. That's, that's, like, that's not like just uh, pimping your wares. It's right. not like bragging. Yeah. Like there's the, apparently there's this rash of celebrities lately that have been taking private jets mm-hmm. purely to get a picture of themselves in front of their private jet before they take off. Which is like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like no one ever takes a picture of themselves in front of Southwest Airlines. You know who does that? Who does that? People who have like hundreds of abused children in their basement. 
Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I had a hundred abused children in my basement, I'd be like, well, let's get a private chat. <laughs> Take some selfies, send it to the kids. <laughs> See what they think. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could be here, but you're not. You're in my basement, eating corpses. That was a great movie. Did we ever come up, did we ever tell the name of that movie, by the way? I don't think we did. What was the name of that movie? The Children Under the under, People Under the Stairs. Sorry. People Under the Stairs was the name of that I've movie. I've had extra beer since we've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. We took a break where we. Where before we drank drank more, and uh, we went to back to your place to pick mm-hmm. up Bronwyn. She went to a Halloween festivity. She went to yeah. the For Saints and Sinners event at the Ghost Light, and she had a wonderful costume. Like yeah, she Dex is. of the Nines kind of ten out of ten costume. She was Bride of Dracula. It Bram was. Um, I don't want to misinterpret what she did. It was it was from Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. Um, there was yeah, there was like a a vampire bride in there. I don't think it wasn't Mina, but it was. I don't want to miss. Okay, so there's a name for this bride. Yes, a particular bride, uh, the one with the with the the co- the collar that dogs have when they can't chew the stitches. <laughs> <laughs> that one, but nice. Yeah, but anyway, she did. But she she basically constructed like her her gown because she couldn't find one that was. They don't just sell that at Forever Twenty One. Surprise! Yeah, they don't sell shit like that. Yeah. So she yeah she kind of got bits and pieces and put it together herself and it looked great. Yeah, it was fantastic, and she did the makeup too. She was of course she's always great at makeup. As yeah, as white as possible, (laughs) the entire bit except for little. I think she kept her hair and the shaka, uh, shaka red lipstick, mm-hmm. and uh, a little uh, blood on the fangs. There, she had yeah. she had her extended canines. Yep, which is interesting. Uh, like, why do why why is that? Is there any like vampire bats? Mm-hmm. You know, do they have those? Do they have those fangs like that? Is that how they suck blood? Do they puncture with the two can- extended canines? I'm gonna look it up. I mean, they have pointy teeth. Yeah. Let's see here. Oh, vampire bat. I mean, even fruit bats have kind of like pointy little bits. Teeth. Yeah. Bats are adorable, by the way. No, they're not. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, they're not. Let me look at that thing. No. It's disgusting. Its face is all shrunken in. It, its ears are... I mean, okay, I guess it's a little cute. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's adorable in a way that, like, if it was touching you... And like flapping its wings at you, you'd be like, oh, "Get it off! Get it off!" <laughs> you 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 wouldn't be you wouldn't be stoic through that encounter. Yeah, fruit bats are really cute. Fruit bats are really cute. There's they're some like, there's some bats that are ridiculous. They're like they're huge like little foxes. That's it. The fox bat. Yeah, the fox bat is enormous. Yeah, look at the size of that motherfucker. Like it's the size of a human. Yeah. It's adorable. It's not adorable. It is. That thing will kill you in your sleep. <laughs> it just eats fruits. Yeah. Fruits of the humankind. <laughs> that, thing will, that thing will hunt you down, pick you up, and throw you off a mountain like an eagle. It's ridiculous. Oh, I wouldn't complain about that. You wouldn't complain? Like, if it was an eagle, you'd be like, what the fuck, America? <laughs> but if it was a bat, like a giant bat doing it, you'd be oh. fine with it? Yeah. Be, oh, it's cute. <laughs> it's so cute. So you're at this Nine Inch Nails concert. Right. And uh, one of our most uh, revered segments, at least by uh, Master Charles, uh, he likes the marimba music. 
It's Ian with Ian. He likes the Ian with Ian. And this was an opportunity. This was a surprise Ian with Ian. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know if it was E or Molly? I, I can't say for sure that that was the drug, but there was drugs involved. There's drugs involved for sure, like your clinical opinion. Yes. Was these people... Absolutely. These people were, were 100%. Absolutely. High on something. High on something. Not life. Mm-mm. Not like Trent Reznor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, finally enjoying life. But high on high on some sort of illicit substance. Psychoactive drug. Substance. Psychoactive drug. We got, our pizza is on the way. Exciting. It's, it's very exciting. So we might have to pause Ian with Ian. Because I definitely <laughs> want to get this story out. But uh, so, what were the symptoms these people who are Ian exhibit? Did they? Did they? Were they like the um, John Waters event, where the? Um, the it wasn't quite to that extent. I'll okay. give you kind of a narrative. Um, so I went. Uh, we sat through like the two opening acts, and I I, I decided to, I needed a beer before Nin came on. Okay. So I went and bought an overpriced beer, mm-hmm. like ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I come back, and Brian was like, oh, what'd you get? And I was like, oh, it was a Molson. It was the least worst available. Yeah, Molson's pretty good. <laughs> as far like, as the... It was like that or Budweiser. Yeah, yeah between Budweiser and Molson, I'd go for Molson, too. And this guy in, in front of us, like, in the row in front of us, he was really excited about the term least worst of. And you said that. I said you that said it, was, it, was, it, was, it was the least worst beer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, ha, 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 that's genius. <laughs> he was like, that's genius. He was feeling his body up. <laughs> yeah. And so he introduces himself, and he's Brian, and he tells them, tells us all about him. And he's from California, and it's his first time in Detroit. And he was like in Detroit love. for the Nine Inch Nails concert. Yeah. Well, he's. I guess he's living here for a little while. Oh, okay. But he was real in love with the architecture of the Fox Theater, which I... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful building. But you wouldn't jerk off to it. <laughs> <laughs> he was really excited about it, yeah. Um, he also had like a, uh, a camera, but not like a digital camera, like a film, like a disposable camera. They sell those? I don't think they do anymore. Like, how would you get that I developed? Don't I don't know how he got it. Like, there's absolutely no way. I've never been to like but a he CBS de- or anything. definitely like he... You click it click. and you crank it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a piece of technology. And he started, he was like, hey, can I take a photo of you? And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so he took a picture of us. It's going to be hanging on some psycho's wall. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a lady at the end of the row. And he was like, I'm going to sneak a picture of her. Don't tell her. And he clicks this picture. And he's like, Oh, I really like your shoes. I took a picture. Is that okay? He said that to yeah, her? To her. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, whatever. I took a picture. Like, what is he going to do with his little disposable camera? <laughs> he looks back at us and he's like, she said it was okay, so it's not weird anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> Every single thing this person does makes it weirder. <laughs> Symptom of being on ecstasy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure it was ecstasy, but he was definitely... Uh, Sounds like it could be shrooms. It doesn't sound like he's had, he had a very physical. He had like going on. some some boundary stuff going. Was on. Was he laughing a lot? He was pretty happy. That sounds he like he was shrooms. jovial. He was a nice guy. I didn't. I wasn't like he wasn't 
feeling up on me like the lady at the John Waters thing. That was definitely ecstasy. That was definitely ecstasy. This might be shrooms. We might need different music for yeah. this. What would shrooms music be? See, I wouldn't do shrooms and go to a nine, nine Inch Nails concert. Why not? I mean, I've never done shrooms, so I guess I couldn't say. But it seems like that would be a scary place to try it. Right. I guess if you were going to experience with shrooms and like yeah. you knew what... It, yeah, if you did it, yeah, if you don't know what it's going to affect you. Mm-hmm. But what I hear... That seems like a scary place to do it. Yeah, like like <laughs> things get hard and industrial real yeah. quick. Like, yeah, sure, it's fine when everyone's Instagramming. But, but then when it gets... When, when the dry ice machines start pumping out, <laughs> <laughs> the lasers start going, who knows? Who knows what the next step will be? So anyway, yeah, Brian, he was a nice guy. Brian, I like he Brian. He was there with... Uh, couple other fellas though okay how were they they were kind of jerks okay um they looked like steve buscemi no like real clean cut polos fellas yeah interesting like, that reminds me of a story by david foster wallace girl with curious hair mm-hmm. uh it's a story where a psychopathic kind of preppy person mm-hmm. like joins in with this group of psychopathic punk people okay and that's how he gets ingratiated to them is because Mm -hmm. he's psychopathic just like they are yeah and like they kind of get along being psychopathic together and but he's definitely 100 percent pathologically psychopathic Mm -hmm. and it's presented from his viewpoint and like you hear things that like he's doing he's like yeah and then i set her hair on fire because it was funny stuff like that and the punk kids were just in it because it was fun yeah because they were punk (laughs) yeah Stuff like that. So that reminds me a bit of that. Oh, this Maybe guy's actually weird. Like Brian is just there trying to have a good time. And that's what being a free spirit. Brian also reminded me of Jason Mewes. <laughs> like his, his outfit. Okay. He had the beanie. He had the yellow. I like Brian. Hoodie. Mm-hmm. He had a beard though. Full yellow hoodie too. Yeah. I mean that's that's hundred percent Jason Mewes except for the beard. But you know beards are trendy these days. Minus what? beard, he was Jason Mewes. You know what I heard? Maybe you're a beard person. Mm-hmm. You know what I heard about beards that made me completely rethink beards? Mm. Uh, some person said, beards are makeup for men. Yeah. It's, it's, you put it on your face to make yourself look better. True. Covers your, yeah. Covers things face. up and, and makes you look better, <laughs> and it's just makeup for men. Yeah. And it's like, oh, crap, I've been having a beard for a while. I've been kind of attached to it. Am I just attached to, like, mascara and, and lipstick at this point? Is this what this mm. basically... I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but, like... But yeah, who the fuck cares? But at the same time, it's like I don't know. Like I thought it was a part of me. I don't want to. I don't want it to be like a hip trend that I'm doing. I also like am just real fucking lazy, and like That's I just I don't shave because yeah. I'm. I don't. It's a pain in the ass. I used to enjoy shaving. You gotta I, clean the sink and shit. You do have to clean the sink. I mean, I still I still kind of trim it up, so I have to clean the sink anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, I used to get a safety razor. Mm-hmm. And then, like, use the like the badger brush and the and the soap in a bowl and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the process of it. I enjoyed lathering it up. It's, it's basically an excuse to extend the pampering period of the shower. Is what yeah. that is. Is you you kind of extend that. I kind of miss like. Mm-hmm. I I guess I I don't miss it because I've never done it. But <laughs> the old timey like barber like get a straight razor shave. Yeah, yeah. I would like to experience lather. that and see what that's like. Maybe that's maybe that's a thing we should try. That seems dangerous, also, but maybe that's yeah. kind of part of the fun. It is a little bit of part of the fun, like you know, put a little adrenaline into your barber routine. Yeah, you know, like at this point, don't don't you just do it all at home? At this point, yeah, I, I cut my own hair. I just I take a got the uh, the clippers, the 
the electric razor and just do my whole face. Just all the way around. Nice and clean. Yep. Nice and clean all the way around. My hair is too long for that. So, I don't know. I guess I do less uptake than you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the sense, I just, I've just been kind of keeping it growing. But it's, it's almost getting to the point where I have to, I have to make a decision. Am I a long hair guy? Mm-hmm. You know, because right now I got it like the good mid length, mm-hmm. uh, just above the shoulder, maybe like a couple vertebrae up. Yeah, and I got to make the decision: Am I going to keep it going? Am I going to be flowing down the back like old school Jason Muse, or am I going to like do that uh, slightly long haired uh, medieval look? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Or am I going to go straight Roman? Am I going to cut it? Yeah, who knows? I see. That's where I'm like. The worst metalhead. Like I've never actually had long hair. Never, you never had banged. Well, it's it sounds like brain damage right there. <laughs> my per, my my personal opinion about head banging. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems like just intentional, uh, low grade brain damage. It's not good for your Can't anything. Can't be good for, for your anything. neck or for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. The way they do it, they're just helicoptering for a good hour and a half concert, mm-hmm. and but it looks cool as fuck. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> Is that an opinion? Is that valid? It's it's hard to say. It, it kind of more looks like a. It, it, it looks like a nuisance. It looks like mm-hmm. like if you're at your Nine Inch Nails concert and you got Brian there, and it, it's as if it's, it's basically Brian being like, I get a space around me that's more than anybody else's space. I get this three feet of cautious space mm-hmm. because my head's going crazy, and you don't want to get hair whipped by head and shoulders. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Yeah, Brian was cool. like the most chill person there. Yeah, even though he's on X. I don't know what he. Or I, because he's on X. I'm not sure what the drug was. It was a drug, though. Like there was a drug involved. Was it pupil dilation? I didn't. Ex- uh, you didn't need to see that. <laughs> I didn't examine that closely. Behavior alone. Behaviorally, he was definitely not sober. Okay. And it wasn't the beer. It was not the beer. It, it was not a drunkenness. It wasn't the least worst beer. It wasn't the least worst beer. How much beer did he have? Was he like a drinking person or did he just have one? I mean, he had party? like some, again, he was, he was like passing them over to his friends. So they were definitely drunk. Okay. Because they were all stumbling around and like being jerks. But they were also like dancing obnoxiously and it at like inappropriate times. What is dancing obnoxiously at a night? So Nine-ish they might have been Ian with Ian. They were Ian, and he was like he was he was some unidentified. He was kind of standing around dog. and like swaying. So he might have been like just had a little toke or something. Okay. He was just real chill, but he was also like poor boundaries. So maybe he had a well, little. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, poor boundaries, but maybe not. Too poor. Well, a little poor, I guess. A little poor. Like, yeah. Photographing like, people. <laughs> Lady, I like Ad- shoes. Admittedly being like... <laughs> That's not weird, though, right? Well, if you, men- if you told the person... <laughs> <laughs> After the fact. Yeah. And, and if it was genuinely about the shoes... Maybe. I don't then, know. Then I'd give him an excuse as not weird. But, I mean, if he was really that into the shoes, maybe he was Ian with Ian. Yeah, it's also a thought. Like, but were they cool shoes, or were they... I didn't get a good look at them. You didn't get a good it look? Was- it's like I can imagine cool shoes at a Nine Inch Nails concert. Everyone's Probably. got their boots on. They're stomping around kind of thing. But his friends, they were like, uh, man, I don't How do I describe it? Like, I feel like you need to, you need to experience the, the dissonance of, like, what was happening on stage and what was happening in the crowd. And, like, there's these guys that are, like, twirling around and spinning. And, mm-hmm. like, 
This is like normal people. Trent Reznor's up there like, fist fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the poetry of Trent. (laughs) Fist fuck! (laughs) Is that a song? That's part of a song, yeah. That's that's like the tone of it and everything. It's just a finale Um, of fist fuck. Like everything... he He played almost the entire album, like, Broken. Okay. Which is, like, pretty hard. Um... I'm a horrible fan right now because I can't tell you what song that's from, but he definitely said fist fuck at least fist fuck once, <laughs> at least once, probably more fist fuck. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> I like your shoes, fist fuck. Do, do, do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was like it was this weird thing where they were like dancing all happy and jovial. And like falling on each other, and maybe that was a drunk thing, and they were just like kind of out of it. Yeah, it could have been drunk, but like I don't think you can get drunk on ten dollar Molson. I mean, I think that's part of the point of the ten dollar Molson is they don't want a belligerently drunk crowd of like ten thousand people concentrated in a single room. The thing is, the ten dollar Molson was actually a twenty four ounce, so it was two Molsons. Okay, so it's a five dollar Molson. Molson that gets warm halfway through. True. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless you chug it. Which is uncomfortable to be at a concert mm-hmm. chugging beer like that. True. You know, they don't serve hard liquor at concerts, do they? They do. Oh, maybe I should get myself a ticket to a Fox show. I'm thinking, wait, what's good at Fox? Is there anything good coming up? They're pricey, though. That's the thing. It's, it's like, like I get turned off by ticket prices yeah, higher than $5. Yeah, it's like high-end kind of uh, Like I have to artists. love the person coming through mm-hmm. to get, get a ticket for a show like there. Like, I used to go to those shows. I mean, but, like, ever since I discovered kind of, like, uh, going to uh, shows on a more local level, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, I like these musicians are just as good. Yeah, there's great artists for, like, yeah, way less. Yeah, so it's like, you just go to them Even for like, free to $5. I fucking went to Montreal to see that, that French band. Right. Way back when. That, those tickets were, like, cheap as fuck. They were like twenty bucks. It's just I I spent a twenty couple, bucks plus a road trip. I spent a couple hundred dollars to stay in Montreal for a few nights and some French lessons. But I mean, that was like one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Sounds like a great concert. So is that the one where they made up our own language? I think our pizza guys here. Yeah, and we're back. We're back after a delicious pizza. Yes, and and a round of delicious pizza punnery. You put away your phone with all the puns. I did. I feel like that was a mistake. Sorry. Uh, but pull them back out if you can. Okay. I've got a Bob's Burger Burger book full of puns. Burger puns, too. Well, we're coming out of the Nine Inch Nails discussion, but we just ate pizza. So, you know, fuck you. This is a bonus pod. Sympathy for the Deviled Egg Burger. Hamas Atun Burger. I Heart a Choke You Burger. I don't know what that means. I Heart a Choke You. What, like, I choke you? What, what, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of person is Lauren Bouchard? That's the kind of punnery they're doing like, oh. i choke you but hard to choke you if you're really in the mood for some pizza and also your friends in some mood for some pizza after you're done with the pizza mm-hmm. you should get the cumin centipede a little cumin centipede <laughs> like what like this is a this is, oh by the way the ones that ian's listing that's a real business yeah <laughs> That's a real business that is actually winning customers, <laughs> turning over product, uh, engaging it's, in this. It's fucking delicious. You should go to... Did you have the Cuban centipede? I did not have that particular pizza. What's on the Cuban centipede? 
It is uh, white sauce, mozzarella, red onion, tomato relish, mutton roast, cumin seed, cilantro, and lemon. It sounds delightful. It does sound pretty good. It does sound pretty good. But at the same time, I'm like a little concerned about the parallels with the human centipede. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about what made them. I know human rhymes with human. Mm-hmm. But besides that, is there something about this pizza that's similar in texture and/or color to I mean, things in the was, human centipede? It was. It's a. It's an October experiment. It's. It's a horror theme. It's. it's <laughs> do they? Do they do this kind of pottery? Um, outside round. of the, okay, it's yeah. year-round pottery. Yeah. How often do you think they switch up their menu? Uh, weekly, they have a special that's punnery. Okay. But uh, they have the, a standard menu. They have a standard menu as well. And their standard menus like everything pizza, deluxe pizza, cheese pizza. Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty diverse. They've got, uh, they do have a, like a kimchi pizza on the standard. Mm-hmm. The um, kimchi Kardashian. That's that was a special one. Oh, okay. But they have a an, a separate kimchi related pizza. Yes. Okay. Just normal kimchi. Yeah, kimchi for the masses. <clears throat> so around about uh, time that the. Do you think they'll ever go like like really like the, like they'll really swing it out of the, for the bats and do like a kimchi un pizza? <laughs> 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 I mean it. It kind of depends on what's going on. Like I said, they, uh, around about the time that the, the Jazz Fest was happening downtown, they did a Chick Korean. Chick Korean. Um, so if you if you know anything about jazz, Chick Korea, he's like a fancy piano player. He's fancy. Um, <clears throat> but this is like Korean barbecue pizza. Okay. Had flank steak, Korean beef, broccoli, kiwi, green onion, sesame seed. It sounds good. I wouldn't mind being named after that. Fuck yeah. You know, so Paisai in Paisai in Woodbridge near Midtown, Woodbridge, Detroit. Midtown, Detroit. Master Charles, get up here. Get up. I wonder, Master Charles, do you ever come by Michigan? Do you come by Michigan for the holidays? Maybe like Thanksgiving or something. If so, you should be on Scottcast. I don't know why we haven't thought about this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about twitching with him. Uh, we'll twitch with the man. Potentially, I might twitch with the man. Doing um, a live email bag. There's some live email bagging, and I'd like to have him on if he's on, like, a, if he's around Thanksgiving or something like that. If he's in town, if he's down, he could uh, he could be Ian with Ian. I mean, we have to find some E. Bring some E from Georgia or <laughs> Virginia, wherever it is. It's Virginia. Bring some E from down south, some good old home cooked Southern E, and you could be Ian with Ian. There you Master go, Charles. Now that would be an episode to die for, right there. An episode of Scott Cast. That's better than the inauguration of Scott Cast City right there. You think so? Yeah, bring a Master Charles in, having him tripping on E, on Mike, talking with Ian. I'm just watching, laughing my ass off. It sounds like fun. It sounds like a great time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Master Charles is waiting for. Source to me, get up here. Brian did it. He didn't even know anything about it. Brian did it, and he didn't even know Ian. He even realized it was a segment. (laughs) This segment actually does come up fairly often with you. I mean, I guess anytime I'm in public. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you don't go on, you don't go out very often, but when you do, there's people on ecstasy around you. I guess, or some sort of hard drug, beyond the standard and lastly fair alcohol weed combo. Well, maybe I, weed. Yeah, could have been weed this it, guy. Brian could have been weed. Could have been weed. But like you know, he's clearly a. Um, His friends were on 
something different. Something different that made them assholes. Or like they were extra sensitive to whatever he was doing. Or maybe the other way around, where uh, they've been doing drugs for so long, they've built up some sort of tolerance, so they just they, they're just ornery all the time. You know how that goes. Maybe. So they were completely sober and just assholes. <laughs> yeah, just sober assholes. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> that would not... Wouldn't be surprising. No. Yeah. No, that wouldn't break my perception of the world right there. Whether if that was the case. It was a fantastic Nine Inch Nails concert you got going for you. It was a good time. Yeah. Fox Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I feel like... I, I, don't, I don't know if I saw... This. Maybe it was a Fillmore. What's the difference between the Fillmore and the Fox? They're right next door to each other. Right next door to each other. Which one? Is there one that's bigger? The Fox is fancier. Fox is fancier than the Fillmore. Okay, I've never been to the Fox, I don't think. I've been to the Fillmore. I confuse them, too. I was... I thought I'd been to the Fox more than I had. I'd been to the Fox once before. Nine Inch Nails. Another Nine Inch Nails? I was way in the nosebleeds for, like, B.B. King. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's gone now. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's... That's something you can say. I saw B.B. King. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I saw Eric Clapton three times, assuming it would be my last. Each time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been to the Fillmore a little more, I guess. Um, last time I was there, it was for... Uh, it was actually for Chain Silent Bob Get Old, I think. Man, I'm jealous. I've never seen Kevin Smith live. I walked a foot away from Jason Mewes. Really? Oh, that yeah. con, yeah. And when I was at that con, he was with his posse talking about... Uh, What's that Foursquare game? No, not Foursquare. Fortnite. Mm. He was talking about Fortnite. He's really? a big Fortnite guy. And he was just going on about Fortnite. And he was and he had his posse with him. And he was talking about Fortnite with his posse. Because <laughs> he doesn't do drugs or anything like that. He's totally clean. So like, yeah, like he's like trying to act like some badass with his little posse. I don't know if he's trying, but he's like he's got... The triangle formation, mm-hmm. little honorage, Jason Hughes honorage, talking about <laughs> Fortnite, <laughs> passing by, <laughs> and stuff like that. It was pretty good. I met Ming Chen from Comic Book Men, mm-hmm. uh, and I met Brian Johnson. And I, and Ming Chen, I didn't fanboy out about. I was, I just shook his hand, and I was like, I like your stuff. I like what you do. Uh, Jason Muse, I didn't even say anything to. He mm-hmm. just passed me. Uh, Brian O'Halloran, I, I saw him. And he was just at a table alone with the clerk's banner over him, just kind of sitting there. And I love Brian O'Halloran, but I felt like that's kind of the perfect image of him to see. <laughs> I feel like if I <laughs> met him and started being ingratiated to him, like it would ruin my image of him as an actor mm-hmm. and as a Dante. And my perception of that art is better than my perception of that human being. <laughs> it's, it's, it's greater in my mind. I mean, I'm, he's great, and I hope he gets paid a lot of money for doing these cons and stuff. But uh, yeah. that, that's, that's how I want it to be. Yeah. I, I just want to see him sad and alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that makes, that makes the most sense with the character. It does. And uh, Brian Johnson, I fanboyed out over. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I was sycophantic, almost. Um, I, uh, they did a Comic-Con, the comic, comic Book Men panel. Mm-hmm. And and they were talking about comic book men, and I brought up tell him Steve Dave in such a way that he had to explain tell him Steve Dave to this crowd of people, which I was surprised that he felt that was necessary. I thought everybody enjoyed tell him Steve Dave if they were there, because mm-hmm. I didn't think that there was a I didn't think that there was a draw for comic book men. 
<laughs> you know, but uh, apparently there is there's quite a draw for comic book men, at least in that scenario. And so he had to explain, tell him Steve Dave, and he just looked at me and was like, what the fuck kind of question is that? <laughs> that was great. I love that. Um, but I've been watching comic book men a lot lately. It's on Amazon Prime now. Oh. And I'm realizing comic book men, that show, it's a very simple show. Uh, basically a Pawn Stars ripoff mm-hmm. in the comic book Shador with the guys from Tom Steve Dave and uh, Ming and Mike from mm-hmm. I Sell Comics uh, just as a show just as an unscripted TV show and I realized that has everything to do with me eventually doing Scott Cast everything to do with me eventually doing The Dispatch everything to do with me doing pretty much everything I'm doing and putting energy towards nowadays. <laughs> this little thing, this little comic book man. And I realized when I was sitting around in my seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. trance mm-hmm. today, the only thing that would bring me out of it temporarily, you know, media-wise, mm-hmm. eventually we started doing Scott and I and I got all energized again and I felt good. And now that I eat food, I'm like, oh my god, I'm a whole new person. But uh, before that, the only thing that took me out and was able to assuage my little nerves mm-hmm. was uh, watching Comic Book Men reruns. Okay. I can watch Comic Book Men reruns all day. And I was noticing the microphones they use for Comic Book Men in their mm-hmm. little scenes where they're pretending to podcast are these microphones we're using now. <laughs> Shit, yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty good. They have, a, they have a cool setup where it's... Uh, that makes us pseudo-professionals, right? Yeah. <laughs> it does. Like this is their setup that they had, where it was kind of like this. Okay, and it, but it was on a no one knows like listening. A, back, a little back bend there, a little back bend, and it was on a like a table boom mic. Mm. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I felt like that was necessary. So that was fantastic, and that's Kevin Smith for you. That's 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 his little brainchild. He was just mm-hmm. like, I've got friends with a comic book store. Can we make a TV show out of an AMC? And AMC was like, okay, and we'll put him on after The Walking Dead. And all of a sudden, boom, that's a huge fucking boon for them. Yeah. Because Walking Dead was a huge fucking deal for a little while, where everybody watched The Walking Dead, and The Walking Dead was a fantastic TV show. I remember when Mad Men was out mm-hmm. with Breaking Bad and and The Walking Dead, before The Walking Dead somehow jumped the shark and i was just thinking to myself who are these geniuses at amc that somehow got a job right turned this tv station that literally just played like smoking and the bandit mm-hmm. over and over again and then created three of the most influential modern day tv shows mm-hmm. like mad men without a doubt breaking bad widely considered probably one of the best dramatic tv yeah. shows we've Brown and I have been rewatching Break Bad. Have you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it almost has no rewatch value, only it's, because it's so good as a run through. It is. It's still good because you pick up extra stuff. You do. What do you pick up? Um, like uh, references. You can see a lot more like foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. There's like hints of early on about stuff that's to come. Um, and I forgot a lot of what happened as far as like. Uh, specific instances between characters, and so there's still a lot of there's still a lot of tension. Okay. Second time through. Okay. I know I sped through a little bit of it, like in my mad rush to get through the plot, because that that's my problem. That's my kryptonite. 
with a lot of these TV shows, particularly like Breaking Bad and stuff like that, is I get so invested in the plot, I actually don't care about how it plays out dramatically. Mm. I'm just like, I gotta know what happens. And I will, I like, binge like, Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. I, my recollection of, like, the first time I watched through, I felt like later on, they kind of rushed things. And so we may not be at that point yet. We're we're in season three on our second run through. It seems like the pacing is still really good. I mean, it was masterfully done. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I like I don't want like I know people say it's a great show, but it can't possibly be what it's like. What Breaking Bad was like, but the Better Call Saul show, the spinoff, it's a prequel with mm-hmm. Bob Odenkirk as Saul, and then he's the central character. Yeah, and I'm sure it's great. But we watched some of it. It was fun, but it wasn't like uh, yeah. It, it, it the central didn't have the same crab. Yeah, yeah. The central element of Breaking Bad is that storyline mm-hmm. where you watch Walter White go from modest high school kind of loser teacher man with tidy whities <laughs> and a bad mustache to Matt Kingpin to eventually. Uh, literally don't give a fuck about anything anymore in like on our our rewatch through we were surprised about how fast he started to killing people yeah like you were like we forget how quickly that happened yeah um i know it's like season one like he well like the first kill was like an accident kill almost or like a struggle kill Mm -hmm. wasn't it he was in the house with that guy oh he was captured well, yeah, it was uh, Jesse set up a bad deal, and he kind of had to poison them in the meth lab and like run out the uh, the the camper or whatever the RV. Oh, that's right, that's right. They poisoned him. I remember he got. I remember there was a point. Oh wait, no, they captured the other guy and kept him in the basement. <laughs> that was them. <laughs> One of the guys in the RV like didn't quite die, and he had to be kept in the basement, and then. He was eventually, uh, Walt put him in, put him down. Yeah, and then they they put him in a bathtub and turned him to mush that melted through. Yep. Wow. That's fantastic. That's season one. That was was the first kill. They literally acidified a man to to liquid. They liquefied a man. Yeah. And you wonder, yeah, I guess so it's not that much of a, (laughs) looking back, it's not that... Like, oh, that, that, got, that got brutal real fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, it just, he goes, yeah. So, yeah. I always thought of it more like uh, it was a gradual sink to evil, but he kind of went I mean, right gets, in right away. He gets progressively worse, but only a little bit. Yeah, like from there. it started out a lot more. You start out acidifying a man. Yeah, like going to poisoning a kid is not that big of a leap, right? It's like you you already melted a man in a bathtub. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, like really melting. <laughs> that's the first kill is melting, <laughs> not like oh you accidentally hit his head on a bathtub mm-hmm. kind of thing. You melted him in a barrel. That's worse. That's that's not. I mean, then again, who am I to criticize Vince Gilligan? Yeah, you know, I I know that because his name always showed up in the credits. That's Breaking Bad for you. What was better, the the Nine Inch Nails concert or the Breaking Bad? Right. What? What's better? Like if you had to if you had to pick one experience to have the rewatch of Breaking Bad in its entirety, mm-hmm. you know, and, or going to see Nine Inch Nails, and, and yeah, like a, again, not like total, 
Like, if you had to pick one for some reason, some... I feel like Nine Inch Nails was pretty goddamn good. Yeah? Yeah. Like, where he went back to the old material. Mm-hmm. You, you witnessed Trent Reznor happy. I feel like that's almost worth it by itself. Like, going to see something <laughs> like that, knowing he's an angst-filled artist, notice he's kind of gone through that. Like, he's, like, in that school mm-hmm. of artists, like Chuck Palahniuk, where, like, you get tell they're tortured. He's still alive, to be honest. Trent like, Reznor? Yeah. Did he do a lot of drugs and shit, or oh, is yeah. he suicidal? I mean, both. All of the above. I, I would have imagined him before uh, the Soundgarden guy, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell was a surprise to everybody. Yeah. 100%. But uh, I'm glad he's doing well. I feel like Trent Reznor resides in this, in like that Chuck Palahniuk category where it's like this nihilistic almost mm-hmm. individual. Uh, but he also has like an intelligence behind his nihilism. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, in, that, that's oh, you got to look deeper into it and you got to mm-hmm. look for the messages into it. And it's not like intelligence. Like, I don't, I wouldn't believe him to be uh, a depressed person irrescuably. Like, David Foster Wallace was depressed to the point where you, there was no rescuing the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was doomed to his fate, essentially. Uh, but Trent Reznor, I feel like there's, there were, like, he's in that school with Chuck, I don't even know if Chuck Palinuk is depressed. I, I just know he doesn't, he's nihilistic in a sense. Mm-hmm. But, well, I don't think anyone's doomed beyond repair. You don't? No. Uh, what would you say? Like what? Like if you had, if you were encountered with like a, like some like an artist of an extreme caliber, and mm-hmm. you like you were charged with their recuperation from a like a depressing dramatic event where mm-hmm. they tried to take their life, like how would you counsel them? Like would you would you have specific advice? That would be very dependent on the individual. That's David Foster Wallace. He's talking about tennis. What do you do? I don't know enough about his history. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He grew up in rural Illinois. Mm -hmm. Does that help? No. He played tennis. Does that help? No. Uh, He wrote a lot of books? Yeah. Have you ever read David Foster Wallace? No. You never read David Foster Wallace? I'm going to have to give you a book before you leave. Weren't we talking about a book club thing? Yeah, I wanted to do a Infinite Jest book club. Infinite Jest is an infamously dense book. Mm. Uh, like, like when people hear that you're you have Infinite Jest, they roll their eyes and they're like, "Oh, every douchebag, uh, pretentious person has that." That's book. why you want my input. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want you to read it. <laughs> uh, I, I. And, and they say that because people try to it. It's, it's really is a geni- genius book when you like it's it's tight like a drum, but like the sentences can go on for pages. And the there's like twelve different it's because plot I lines. love Russian literature. Huh? Yeah, you you you're into that deep uh, Tolstoy, Dostoevsky. Yeah, you're on that dole. So I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, let's get let's. I bet Ian can handle David Foster Wallace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a lot like that. It's very long. It's very dense, but it's also American. It's English. He, mm-hmm. he wrote it in the mid '90s, and uh, it deals a lot with loneliness, and it deals a lot with uh, the way our culture has manifested itself over the past few years with like like the internet and mm-hmm. with uh, the constant consumption of 
media and and the the way it's all become very vain glorious and very quick and very um disconnected through connection is fall winter the best time to read such stuff (laughs) it might be (laughs) it might be like the idea with it though the reason why I wanted to do this mm-hmm. is because precisely that reason is is that it's a book about loneliness. It's a book about that that like a very depressing kind of outlook on life. But it's also like an artist reaching out for connection mm-hmm. through this art, through this manifestation of these thoughts and these worries and these uh, and and these beliefs. And and it's like I feel like when he wrote that, he was like. He was like, you know what I, I need to do with my life? I need I need to write this to see if there's anybody else who feels this way, anybody else who will put the effort to get to that point. And I feel like a big failure he felt on his part was that people wouldn't actually read it. They they would just buy it and they would just appreciate it, but they wouldn't actually read through it. Mm-hmm. However, Jason Siegel of How I Met Your Mother, mm-hmm. um, he starred in a biopic essentially called the end of the tour at jesse eisenberg you know the mark zuckerberg guy Mm -hmm. and that movie he was portraying david foster wallace and to prepare he had to he wanted to read infinite jest he read the essays before and david foster wallace's essays are funny illuminating and like the way he writes is like is is like a picture perfect scene of you being someplace and Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely remarkable but he read Infinite Jest, and the way he did it, he went to a bookstore, bought Infinite Jest, and there are some other people in the bookstore who worked there who read it, and they got together weekly, like 100 pages a week, and they talked about the book. Mm-hmm. And through that connection, through the ability, that, that accountability, and through being able to talk about it and to discuss the themes and like connect with people, he was able to go through the book and finish it. I feel like that's kind of the way you need to read that book, considering mm-hmm. it's it's a lot about like the dangers of solipsism and of extending your ego mm-hmm. to in to a, to a crazy degree to for some sort of self satisfaction because it's like the American way kind of thing is to gratify your own ego and to mm-hmm. gratify your own ambition in that way. And so I feel like it would be a great idea to get people together. And do like a podcast, yeah, where we read a certain amount every certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and just get on the podcast, talk about it, talk about the themes in it, talk about the plot, talk about all that kind of stuff, have mm-hmm. fun with it, connect over it, and I feel like that would be the best way to honor reading it because I have had trouble reading it. Mm-hmm. It's very dense, and like my copy is in five pieces right now. <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't stand having that huge book in my hands. It's so big and dense and, and daunting. Mm-hmm. I had to break it up into like 300 page blocks, basically. And there's uh, about 100. 300 page blocks. Mm-hmm. And that's five pieces. Yeah. And um, there's an appendix, too, full of footnotes. Yeah. And the footnotes are scattered throughout the entire book, but they're very important to the story, mm-hmm. even though they're footnotes. So. The appendix is its own piece. And so, like, if you're going to read this book, you, like, I have it in five different parts, and it's basically you have one part plus the appendix with you mm-hmm. while you're reading it at all times. And right. I keep a pencil with me. It's a very difficult book. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. 
and considering its themes on loneliness and and all that, I feel like it's almost impossible to get through on your own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, the way you describe it, it sounds like uh, a good undertaking. I'm I'm kind of excited and uh, spells in. Yeah, I'm worried that I'll be able. I won't be able to keep up because I don't. I haven't had much time to read for pleasure lately. Yeah, I mean, well, I'd have to figure out a way to and figure out a pace for everybody. Yeah. Because Sabelle's very busy, too. Mm. And I read fast, but I'm also reading about a dozen other books at any given time. So I'd have to... We'd have to set it up in a way. So maybe maybe the original pace I set out was a little crazy. Like I, I wanted to do like 150 pages, and I wanted to do every Thursday we're going to get together and talk. And I feel like doing it on a weekly basis. I feel like there's magic when you do anything, like, weekly. Yeah. I think if... If we got into a rhythm, I could I could make it happen. Like, cause hundred pages a week isn't that bad. It's like twenty pages a day. Twenty pages give or a day. Take a day or two, right? Yeah, and like like maybe 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 take a forty day, forty page day, mm-hmm. and then the discussion day. No big deal. Um, but yeah, every, everyone would have to sacrifice like a, watching a show. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to sacrifice doing Thursday something. nights. Aren't going to work for me either. Okay, sure. Unless we're like 9 to 10. I mean, that's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible. I could possibly do that. So That's an idea. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll figure it out. I, I am intrigued and excited for it. Okay, cool. So you're on you're on board tentatively if we can get it going. Tentatively, yes. Okay, that's excellent. I'm excited. So that's three people. My, my cold kitchen that we still need to get off the oh, ground. Oh, I'm so excited for the cold kitchen. We just we yeah all we need right now is a ingredients and a pilot episode. We should just get a pilot episode done, under wraps, watch it, critique it, and then and then decide on how we're going to approach the rest of the season. Because we've got like eight, we have ten shows. Like a solid yeah, we have a solid uh, gauntlet. We have a very yeah, we have a solid. We just gotta. I feel like uh, we could do one or two episodes this this weekend if we tried to yeah yeah some of the episodes are very simple uh but some of the episodes are very complex dauntingly complex to the point where i feel like do the research i've done for them people debate endlessly on how <laughs> how how a similar concept would be executed so we got that going for us mm-hmm. but we also got super simple episodes and i feel like just doing the super simple episodes getting the yeah, you start easy and then you build your momentum and all of a sudden everything falls together. Right. Like, we should watch Comic Book Men, I feel like, and get the pacing of Comic Book Men in it. Because mm-hmm. so, like, I feel like Ian's Cold Kitchen would work best as like a half an hour kind of show. Mm. Like a 20 minutes to half an hour. Like, very fast paced, very bright, very fun, all that kind of thing. What were you thinking? Were you thinking about that length or... Like an hour, maybe. I was thinking less than that. Like a 10-minute episode? <laughs> <laughs> like 15, yeah. We could do 15 minutes. I could, I could see it being a 15-minute episode. Fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Have a little theme song. We need The theme song needs to be developed. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll have to get some people on the theme song. We'll go. Well, I'll use my dispatch connections. Every time I'll have somebody over, I'll be like, Jack White, do you want to <laughs> make a theme song for Ian's Call Kitchen? <laughs> we can't pay you shit, but... You got enough money. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be able to stomach Jack White being on a project you're attached to? Mm. I know you got, like, like the idea of working with the guy. 
And like if he's I mean, if he's for it and he he's could, happy if about it, he could it. get us some views and all that. Oh, just for the views, okay. <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, in terms of I don't know, guitar tone and talent, we can do better on our own. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Jack White. I don't dislike Jack White. I just, uh, I think. I mean, you're a metal guy. Yeah, you know, I you, think you there's. Some you prefer Christopher Lee, but he's dead now. But can you debate the badassness of Christopher Lee? If I had to choose between Christopher Lee and Jack White and I had the option, of course I would go for Christopher Lee. <laughs> Have you seen that man's resume? It's fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> that guy has the best resume of anybody. He could like if he could apply for any position for anything. That's right. Dead. And he would get it. <laughs> <laughs> There is nobody in the world with a more that's more accomplished than Christopher Lee was accomplished. That's right. It's just it's just undebatable. So it's totally unfair to Jack White, who's had a modest career comparatively. <laughs> <laughs> like Jack White's the mailman down the street to Christopher Lee's king on the fucking castle. Yeah. You can't compare the two. Man, I wish we could do an Ian with Ian with Christopher Lee. <sighs> Like, if he was on his deathbed, he wanted to do one more thing. I mean, that's the only fact that would surprise me at the end. <laughs> on his deathbed, Christopher Lee took ecstasy to hang out with Ian. <laughs> and participate in Scott Cass. So for one final credit to his illustrious life. That's right. I'd love that. That would have been amazing. I wonder if he's still alive, if we can, like, res- resuscitate him. Do you think he got into cryogenics? I don't think so. I don't know. We'll have to look up his death. What if we... I don't know what the the rules are about purchasing DNA, but what if we got a little sample of Christopher Lee and we incorporated that into our turkey dinosaurs? I would prefer to remain the dominant species on Earth. <laughs> that's my first thought. <laughs> that would be, be too powerful. That's yeah. That's that's where I draw the line. <laughs> you found it. <laughs> I didn't think we'd get to that point in this podcast. I thought that would be a thousand episodes in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, I'm finally thinking this is too much power mm-hmm. that we're trying to wield here. Can't possibly do that. Okay, that would be too much. It, I mean, I mean, there's. I'm sure there's legal issues related to that as well. Uh, grave robbery yeah <laughs> amongst them you know where is he buried let's find out i hope it's highgate highgate yeah what's that that's like a fancy cemetery in uh in london i believe that's where they filmed a lot of his dracula film christopher lee burial place oh he's cremated so that sucks ashes scattered in the surrey hills of england okay cremated that's a waste yeah it's, it's a waste when his DNA could have been preserved, when he could have been cryogenically frozen, yeah. Like we, we, I'm still trying to schedule. I haven't done any actual work towards it, but I want to schedule. Uh, there's a place in Clinton Township. I don't know if I mentioned Dan Scottcast yet, but there's a place in Clinton Township that does cryogenic research, mm-hmm. and I want to tour. They say all you have to do is put out if you want if you want to participate. Uh, it's as simple as getting a life insurance policy that could be thirty thirty five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And that would cover, once you die, they'll rush your body to the chirogenics facility where your blood will get transferred to some sort of 
your blood will get transferred out and replaced with some sort of liquid that's supposed to be super preservative, and then you get dipped into some fucking tank, mm-hmm. and then you're frozen forever until scientists deem... Figure out how to bring it back. You know? Deem, yeah, that kind of thing. So it's like... I, I, the guy's... I, I read his newsletter. <laughs> I feel like that just, like... Uh, like, how do they figure out when it's okay? They gotta test some people. Sure, that's why. That's why. That's why you let it's other like, people go first. But I mean, mm, maybe get a fifty dollars type you, insurance policy. You, yeah, <laughs> you gotta read that contract. Yeah, like yeah, okay. I would maybe they're like, oh, we think we can bring you back, and then they try, and it's like, oh, kill me, kill me, no. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have that. You know, like the just an opportunity. Yeah, and it wouldn't be cheating death. It would just be uh, beating it. I mean, like like people beat death already by mm-hmm. getting vaccinated. People beat death already by getting cancer treatments. They mm-hmm. beat death already by getting treatments and stuff. They they are, we already beat death. This is just beating death a step ahead of normal. See, I don't even, I don't even think I want to bother with all that. You said like, that now, how, but like how horrible like, would that be? It is just like. They bring you back, and everyone you ever knew was dead. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> you got stories. There's <laughs> new people, you know? Do any of you people know about Christopher Lee? <laughs> Let me tell you a story. Stop talking about your medieval fuckers. <laughs> we don't care about Nazis, whatever that means. <laughs> it's like 5,000 years in the future. Like, that's the problem, is like... Every single generation, without fail, hates the generations that come after it. Mm. It is too. They they think they talk badly. They think they think badly. They think they're immoral. They think that life is going down to hell. Every single generation, like you can find, like tablets, Sumerian tablets, bitching about the writing skills of the youth. Mm-hmm. Every single generation thinks the following generation is going to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Every single one. So like I can't imagine. Well, I'm I'm trying, I guess, but I'm but I can't imagine being like a thousand years in the future and having to deal with ten generations displaced. How stupid they must be, right? You so know? why would you even want that? <sighs> I don't know. Jerk off in their face and call it a day. I mean, I bet they're sexually liberal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take it from an ancient man. Tell me what America was like. You know, have you ever seen a Futurama? That sounds appealing. Well, I'd rather live in Scott Cassidy. I would too. And there, and like that's that's another aspect of that's another aspect of this guy's newsletter mm-hmm. that he keeps touting. Uh, his it's a chirogenic research place, but the thing that he's most interested in promoting mm-hmm. is and and he prefers and he and he states it very bluntly is this is just a last resort. We're really looking forward to anti-aging and reverse aging processes. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're really... I don't want that either. For. You don't want to be reverse age? You don't want to be like no. young forever? No. I know that the brain deteriorates at a certain rate that's irreversible. Yeah. So, like, you could be young, but you're still going to be senile. Because, like, people are still going to breed. Like, that would be horrible. There'd just be too many people. Ooh, snip, snip. For people who get... Uh, Snip, snip. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode title right there. <laughs> I think we're also uh, 
may be mispronouncing another word. Cryogenics? Cryogenics? Cryogenics. <laughs> Cryo? Cairo. Is it Cairo? No, it's not. Sabal keeps yelling at me about this. <laughs> I can't do it. Cryo. Do it slow. Cry. Moo. Cry. Moo. Oh. Oh. Genic. Genic. Cryogenic. Chirogenics. <laughs> I like chirogenics. I mean, I think it's. I think it's worth commute. Commute. You you can do that one now. <laughs> Damn. I don't That's know good. how are we doing on time here. This is pretty. It's about an episode. It's a robust bonus episode. Yeah, it's pretty much just another episode. <laughs> So I mean I, we don't we haven't gotten any emails in the past ten minutes, yeah. So I mean Emily Rose sent me a meme. A meme? She sent me a meme. Uh, let's see here. It, it's a meme that's hard to communicate in person. Mm-hmm. But I've been sending her because like we were talking at the Ghost Night the other night, and she was just like, "You know what I would like? I would like people to just send me memes. Just okay. send memes once in a while. Just a little quick laugh and done. That's fine. Makes sense." And I've been sending her this these pictures from this Twitter or mm. Instagram or whatever it is called Effin Birds and Effin Birds is all it is is illustrations of birds like you'd see I don't know like just really classic illustrations of birds like black and white it's spelled E F F I N birds yeah and that's that if you want to look it up real quick but I'm, I'm pulling it up for Ian at the moment. There it is. But it's it's just classic illustrations of birds, right? Yeah. And then body mm-hmm. phrases. Like, uh, holy fuck, guy. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I stopped listening like a fucking hour ago. That's that one. Uh, is that one? What's that one say? Stop using everything as a goddamn dating service. Yeah. Stop using it. It's funny everything. when birds are profane. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. The worst part of today was you. Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> I should send that. It's a good one. I'm going to send that one back to Emily. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one to send. This is pretty good. This is uh, my cousin's son's Halloween. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah. That's Chucky. They got a little Chucky thing going. They put Chucky. the scar on him and everything. Nice. And, and like, but like, but it, not actually through child abuse, just a... Uh, Makeup thing. Yeah, I mean, supposedly. <laughs> he looks pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, the Chucky outfit's pretty simple. Put him in overalls and give him red hair. Yeah. And I think he already had red hair. He did not. He didn't? Oh, they dyed it? They dyed it. I, I had red dyed hair one Halloween. I was uh, the Riddler, mm-hmm. the Jim Carrey version. Okay. So I had green spandex with all the question marks <laughs> on it. Uh, I cut my hair. Mm-hmm. We dyed it bright red. And I ran around as the Hitler. Not, not the Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa there. That was, <laughs> that was a jump. That was a great Halloween when I was Hitler. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. You can't no. be Hitler. You can't even have bat nipples these days. You can't have bat nipples. You can't be Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, for some reason... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, can you be Stalin? Is, would that be offensive? Mm, probably. People would take that offensively? Yeah. I, there's not. You don't hear about that, though. You don't hear about people being Stalin. 
it's it's not as uh, prominently offensive as Hitler. It's not that recognizable. I think it's because Stalin was. If you if he you take still, off the uniform, he killed a, a lot of people. He killed a lot more people. Like if, like if you, I mean, if you if you are just doing it a utilitarian approach mm-hmm. to ranking your dictators, <laughs> like it's Genghis Khan number one, mm-hmm. then probably some ancient people, and then Stalin. Yeah. And then like Hitler's actually way down there. Like Pol Pot probably has more. At this point, Kim Jong Un probably has more. Mm. Well, maybe not. We don't six have millions. good numbers on that. I don't know. Yeah, six million is actually a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. And that North Korea is a small country. But point is, Stalin was a lot worse than Hitler, purely numbers. In terms of yeah, people he murdered. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of murder. <laughs> <laughs> if that's going to be the metric we use. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stalin was worse, but you don't hear about people being like that guy's so. That guy's, he's practically Stalin. No one's ever like that. Well, I think uh, like Hitler precipitated a lot of other uh, fascist problems in Eurasia around that time. So Stalin was sort of a he was a bad guy, and he did some bad shit, and it was probably uh, exacerbated by Hitler and. World War Two and all everything that precipitated. Yeah, Stalin's strategy against Hitler during the war was well, we've got Just more people. Throw bodies at it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't do this forever. <laughs> I did the math. <laughs> I could totally go through this one. So Stalin worse, but I also I feel like the a big reason why people don't take Stalin so offensively is Stalin. If you if he was wearing. Like say, like like a flannel shirt mm. and jeans, and just hanging out, having a beer. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't recognize him as Stalin. He would just be another kind of Joe Buck guy. He didn't have a stupid mustache. He was close to stupid mustache. <laughs> I mean, like it's still recognizable, but it's 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 in popular parlance, parlance still because it's mm. fairly it's fairly simple. Like Charlie Chaplin, bless his heart. Mm-hmm. It should be the Charlie Chaplin mustache that it Hitler had. It shouldn't be the other way around. And Charlie Chaplin was the last guy through the gate on Charlie that Charlie Chaplin was also an asshole. But not as much. <laughs> not as much as Hitler. <laughs> not, not, not he's mustache a step, He's a step above Hitler. We'll give him that. <laughs> Can we agree? <laughs> Charlie Chaplin below Hitler. <laughs> So yeah, I would say Charlie. I, what did Charlie Chaplin do? Misi- like standard like thirties, forties bullshit misogynism. Yeah, he was a horrible misogynist. And okay, like probably anti-Semite in some respect. Um, I'm not sure about that. Racist. He was definitely anti-Hitler. He was anti-Hitler. I think it was purely because of the mustache. <laughs> so I think that's that. It was a mustache duel. Yeah, it was a mustache duel. It was like this guy's the great with dictator. It was all about the mustache. I just spent thirty years through the Great <laughs> Fucking Depression building a career, and this guy just shows up with my mustache, taking it all away in one fell swoop. Well, six million fell swoops. Yeah. But point is, you totally ruined Charlie Chaplin's career, and he had a vendetta out against him. Like Charlie Chaplin could have been as equally uh, enraged by. Stalin, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. He he did propaganda movies against Hitler and his and the Third Reich, mm-hmm. which is fine. Would you call them propaganda? They were more uh, 
social commentary like uh i mean it depends on which side of history you're on i guess propaganda to me is anything that's trying to influence a political opinion like there could be a good propaganda because back then like there are people debating hitler like whether it was fine or not because at least during his reign no one knew about the holocaust Mm -hmm. they just thought oh this is here's a here's a strong nationalistic leader Mm -hmm. you know Sounds familiar. sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a strong nationalistic leader. He just has the, the that kind of thing in mind, and maybe 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 it should be like that kind of thing. So you're saying there like, was a debate a couple years from now we're going to find mass graves and be like, oh, hopefully not. I mean, it's not like every nationalistic <laughs> leader goes that route. But you know, but... it's not it's not it's not it's not historically unprecedented. That yeah. a nationalistic leader would engage It seems in. like a bad route to retread. It's a bad route to retread. Uh, I feel like we were going pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> For a second there, yeah. Yeah, like, like there's people who are going around saying, oh, let's go full communism, or, oh, let's go full fascism and nationalism. And it's like, why do we need to go full anything? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just do the thing that we've been doing for a while successfully? Iterative improvements, you know, introducing new programs, trying them out, seeing how they do, you know, not trying to fucking rewrite the whole fucking world every fucking four years. Why don't we just do that? I don't know. Having said that, let's burn, having said that, let's burn the whole thing down and build Skycast City. Well, Skycast City is already going to get built. We've got we've got some great we've got some great people behind it. You know, very good people. I know these people. Very great people. They say great things about me. <laughs> <laughs> we got the best people. We got the best people. We got you know, but we can name names though. That's the thing. <laughs> we got Ian Dixon. We got Sneaky D. We got Master Charles. He's in the government. All these people you can check up on. Christopher Lee would be a part of Scott Cast if Scott Cast City if he was alive right now. Mm. I can guarantee it. If we were having a conversation with Christopher Lee, we were just like, look, we're just gonna live underground, play metal. Hang out, read Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He'd be in. Absolutely. He'd hundred percent be in. And and with him and on the like the advisory board, like we would never get to fascism. We would never get to any of these things because we have somebody he, would, he was there. He would stab you in the back. He would stab you in the back. <laughs> and he would know. And he would be hardened against it. He wouldn't he wouldn't feel a thing about it. He'd just mm-hmm. be like, This is what needs to be done. Yeah. You know, that's what we need. We need Christopher Lee. We need Christopher Lee Special Forces, Hamtramck Avengers General Forces, mm-hmm. uh, Ian Dixon as the head of government, Scott as the God King, <laughs> and Master Charles as regional officer, Sneaky D's science technician, okay, and Sabelle as lead Scott Castigator. I think that's like a traditional position. Okay. It sounds like one. Yeah. It sounds like a traditional position. So we've got a fantastic government right now. Like, if I had to pick a government to live under, capitalism, democracy... Uh, fascism, uh, Roman Republic, Roman dictatorship. I would pick Scott Cassidy, mm. where I'm God King. It's not so bad. I've seen worse. Yeah, we were, we were. Our plan when you die was to just reincarnate you into a turkey monster, right? Yeah, yeah. And then a turkey monster God King. <laughs> like I can't. A turkey monster God King can't like spit orders out. Yeah. So it's more of a ceremonial position, you know. That's nice. So it'll be something like a democracy. It'll be it'll, like I feel like a turkey monster god king would be a lot like 
a commander-in-chief of the armed forces kind of position. Mm-hmm. Because that's definitely just a pure violent being. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of charisma in that sense. And would probably lead people, uh, or Turkey Monster Armies, to to victory against other most civilizations. Mm-hmm. I feel. I feel. I mean, who knows? We haven't seen Turkey Monsters yet. We might have to have some checks and balances in place. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah, checks and balances overrated. <laughs> it just slows things down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this has been the bonus pod for Scott Cass, which might just actually be the next episode at this point. Yeah, <laughs> why not? And uh, please let us know. Email hotforscottcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or concerns about Scott Cassidy and me being God King. It's hot, the number four, and scottcast at gmail.com. I'd, I'm, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts. Anxious to hear your opinions. If you want to join the David Foster Wallace reading group, that's also a really good thing to do. If you can commit to it and let us know. And send in your credentials and we'll consider you. Does that sound good, Ian? Yeah. Alright, I'll see you later, Scott Castigators. I do. I do.